16. From verse 11, I'd like you to pay attention. This is a very interesting story. And I'd like you to we go back home, read the whole chapter again and again. I'm sure the Lord is definitely going to speak to you. 1 Kings chapter 13. I'm reading from the New International Version. The Bible says, Now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel, whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They told their father what he had done, what he had said to the king. Their father asked them, which way did he go? His son showed him the road the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. And when they had saddled the donkey for him, he mounted it and he rode after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, are you the man of God who came from Judah? I am, he replied. So the prophet said to him, come home and eat and eat. The man of God said, I cannot turn back or go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the same way you came. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to the house so he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. Verse 20, which is shocking. So while they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah. This is what the word of the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have, have, not, have not kept the command which the Lord gave you. You came back and ate bread and drink water in the place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your ancestors. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey for him. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him, and his body was left on the road. And both the donkey and the lion standing beside him. Father, we give you the praise this morning. We give you the glory because your word is living and powerful. Your word is able to change. Your word is able to restore. Your word is able to deliver. We pray, Rock of Ages, as we submit our hearts to you this morning, do something in our lives. May we not go back the way we came. Reveal yourself to us and take all the glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you all cold this morning? Your amen sounds like you are cold. Do you need coffee? I said in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I'd like to share with you this morning in the next couple of minutes on what I captioned, becoming a mission-minded Christian. Becoming a mission-minded Christian. How many of you know that we are all here on a mission? How many of you know that we are all here on a mission? Can you wave if you know, if you know? If you don't know, I'm going to tell you this morning. We are all here on a mission. There is a story I like to tell about a king who sat in his palace. And he heard a lot of noise from a distance. So he called one of his servants and said to the servant, 
Go check what is going on where there is noise and bring a report back to me. Because he was so distracted and disturbed by the noise that was coming from the place where people were dancing and screaming and shouting. This servant went to check what was going on. And when he got to the place, the music was so interesting that he joined the dance. And he started dancing. He never came back. So the king looked for a second servant and said, please go check. What is going on in that place that people are, so, people are screaming and shouting? The second servant went. The music was so good, he joined the dance, never came back. And the king said the third, they sent the third servant. The third servant went and did likewise. The king himself decided to go. And when the king went, they discovered that the three servants he had sent to check what was going on were all in the midst dancing, and even dancing more than the people who were involved in the occasion themselves. May I say that many of us are here on the earth like the servants that the king sent. We had specific missions that God gave us to do, but we are so lost in the culture. We are so lost in our families. We are so lost in our businesses that we've completely forgotten what the king sent us on this earth to do. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Ask somebody, do you know your mission? Ask somebody, do you know your mission? Ask the same person, are you dancing or you are going back to the king with a report? Amen. This morning as we go deep into this text, you're going to understand everything that the Lord wants you to hear this morning in the name of Jesus. The story we read this morning is a very interesting story. And this story tells me that the ways of God are higher than our ways. Because when I read this story, there are many things that I cannot answer for myself. Because I see a lot of controversies in this text. God using somebody who is not qualified. God sending somebody who is qualified and a person dying on his mission. But as you study the scriptures, you are going to realize that, like I said, the ways of God are higher than our ways. You cannot predict God. You cannot understand God fully. We can only understand God in a glimpse. We can only understand what he has revealed to us. We cannot, reveal, we cannot understand everything about God. Now in verse 11, which opens in the text that we read, before then there was a man of God who came from Bethel. I went to Judah because there was a king in Judah called Jeroboam. Jeroboam was one of the most wicked kings in the history of Israel. And so this king, this uh, prophet came by the word of the Lord to prophesy unto Jeroboam what was going to happen to his kingdom. And the Lord gave this man of God specific instructions. He said, when you go, do not eat, do not drink. Don't go back the same direction that you came. Meaning, if you, if you came from 66, go back through 495. Don't, come, don't go back through the same direction. Specific instructions. The man of God went to that place, prophesied, did everything that the Lord commanded him to do, and then he left. There was an older prophet in that same town. When he came back in verse 11 that we read, his sons reported to him all what the young prophet from Judah had said. And then the Bible says that, this old prophet came and his sons told him everything that the man of God did. Now, an older prophet in this context talks about those people that have retired in their faith. Do you know some people that everything they tell you about their Christian life is in the past? Oh, when I was a choir leader, when I used to pray, when I used to sing. This is the spirit of the old prophets. 
Everything they talk about their Christianity is referring to in the past. When I used to evangelize. I remember back in those days when I used to be in CYF. When I used to be in the choir. We used to sing. We used to preach. Because now they have retired. Ask somebody, are you an old prophet? Ask somebody by yourself, are you an old prophet? Are you not asking somebody because you are guilty, right? <laughs> I say, ask somebody, are you an old prophet? And the Bible says the children told him the direction that the man of God had went. And then he followed the man of God in that same direction. There are some people who monitor your movements and monitor your direction, not to follow you, but to stop you. I have seen people in the United States, but they are controlled by their parents in Africa. They monitor the church they go to. They monitor the friends they have. They monitor everything about their life in order to stop them. I was praying for somebody in Texas through the phone. She had so much problems and she had so much complications in her life. And she, she was going through a complication. And then somebody told him about me. So she called me on the phone reluctantly. And when we started praying on the phone, by God's grace, she was delivered through the phone. And everything about her life changed. At the end of our conversation, she said to me, when I was leaving Cameroon, my father warned me vehemently not to go to any church that was not Baptist or Presbyterian. And I said, then why did you come here? Because I'm not a Baptist or Presbyterian pastor. Said, I don't know. There are some people who monitor your life, not to follow you, but to stop you. You must be careful with who is monitoring your life. Some people go on Facebook, scroll down your wall to check on everything that is going on with your life, not to be happy for you, but to make sure that they go around, gossip, and say all kinds of things about you. Not everybody who follows you on social media is your fan. Some of them are enemies. Is somebody enemy this morning? Not everybody who follows you is for you. Some of them are monitoring spirits. They monitor to respond, to give account back, to their enemy who send them. But this morning, whoever is following you shall be disappointed. Because you keep going higher and higher and higher and higher in the name of Jesus. In verse 14 of this text, the Bible says that the older prophet went after the man of God and found him resting under an oak tree and said to him, are you the man of God from Judah? He said, I am. I understood from this text that if the man of God from Judah was not resting, the older prophet would not, would not have found him. Is somebody hearing me this morning? If he had continued in his journey and not stopped on the way to rest, the older prophet would not have found him. Many of us are entangled by the affairs of this world because we took spiritual rest. You used to be on fire for God, but after you came to America, you rested. Before you came to this country, you were on zeal. You were on fire. You were after God. But after you got to this country, you rested. And it seems as if you're trying to get back to the place where you used to be, but now it looks impossible because you went on a spiritual vacation. In this business, there is nothing like spiritual rest. You have to keep going and keep going and keep going. Because if you rest, the enemy is going to catch up with you. Some of you were prayerful before. But you took a spiritual rest. You used to do things for God. But you took a spiritual rest. That is why a man shows up in church today. Rest for two weeks and come back three weeks after. You, you pray today. The next time you pray again is next Monday. You schedule your prayer like one or two weeks after. 
In this journey, it's either you are, you are going or you are resting. And if you're resting, be rest assured, the spirit of the old prophet is going to catch up with you. And before you know it, you start saying, oh, when I was in New Breed, when I used to sing, when I used to pray, when I used to fast, everything used to be when I used to, when I used to, back in the day, back in the day. Have you heard people always say, back in the day? What about today? Back in the day. Oh, when I used to be in that Baptist church, I used to sing. I used to preach. Back in the day. What about today? God is more interested in today than yesterday. Yesterday is gone. Today is what counts. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Today is what counts. And in verse 15 to 17, the Bible said, the prophet said to him, come with me and eat. The man of God said, I cannot eat or drink. Because the Lord instructed me not to eat or drink in this place. We are in a generation where many voices are speaking. You go on Facebook, there are multiple prophets all prophesying. But let me tell you, not every voice that is speaking to you is the word of God. I say not every voice that is speaking to you is the word of God. The Bible is the absolute standard. Whatever I say to you, or whatever any man says to you that does not comply with the scripture, reject it. I said reject it. If anybody says anything to you that you don't see that in the scriptures, reject it. Now, you see on social media how a man of God is praying for a lady that is possessed or had a spiritual problem. And the man of God says, I'm going to suck that demon out of you. And what does he do? He gives the girl a mouth-to-mouth saliva kiss in the name of sucking out the problem out of the girl. And you have people in the crowd saying, thank you, Jesus. What Jesus are you thanking for such immorality in the house of God? Anything that is not in the Bible, run away from it. I saw another man of God who is doing deliverance. A young girl came to church, and the man of God would take the girl and throw the girl like in a wrestling match. Throw the girl on chairs. Pick the girl, throw the girl up. And people are like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. And they are clapping in the house of God. What a deceptive generation. There are a lot of voices out there speaking, but not sent by God. You must know who is for God and who is not for God. And in verse number 18 and 19, the old prophet answered the man of God and said, I too am a man of God. I too am a man of God. Listen. Don't be deceived. Not all with titles are men of God. A man can be called bishop, but not a man of God. A man can be called reverend, but not a man of God. A man can be called apostle, but not a man of God. A man can be called prophet, but not a man of God. And may I say this to you? It is possible to listen to a sermon and not listen to the word of God. Can I say it again to you? It is very possible to listen to a sermon and not listen to the word of God. Because not all sermons are word of God. Some people preach out of their belly. Some preach out of their ambition. Some preach out of their ego. Some preach out of their pride. But it takes only a man who has heard from God to say to you what God has said, sent for him to say to you. Hallelujah. Not all preaching is the word of God. If I came to you this morning and said, while I was praying this morning, at 4.30 a.m. The Lord spoke to me and said, 
All the women in this church who are working should give me two two thousand dollars. Would that be the word of God? I'm asking you, would that be the word of God? But in this generation, there are people who will give me that money because they believe whatever the pastor says is from God. You have to examine everything you hear from a man of God in line with the scriptures. If that thing the man of God is saying does not agree with what the Bible says, reject it. I don't care your title. You may be called a pope or a bishop or a cardinal. As long as what I hear does not conform to the scriptures, back to sender. I don't receive what you're saying. Man of God, with due respect, I thank you for the word of God that God has sent you with, but I don't believe it. Amen. Don't follow everything that comes from a man of God. Because there are a lot of them out there out to deceive people. Can you believe that a man of God in Australia actually told his followers in the year 2000 that the world was coming to an end? That whatever they had in their accounts was a waste. And so they went and sold everything. They sold their houses and brought all, the, they spent the money all. The man of God told them that by 12 midnight, breaking 2001, the trumpet was going to sound. And so whatever you have left is a waste because it's going to be left for the people that will not, will not face the rapture. So what did they do? They sold everything and they came to the house of God. They were just worshiping and praying, hoping that by 12 midnight the trumpet was going to sound. By 12, nothing happened. 12.30, nothing happened. January, nothing happened. February, nothing happened. It's now 2019. Nothing has still happened. Imagine what happened. Some people that possess single-family homes went and auctioned. Some people, they had 20, 2,000, 2,000 cars that was brand new. They auctioned it. What a shame. Because they were following a lying spirit in the name of a man of God. Be careful with who you listen to out there. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in verse 20, which is very interesting, it says that while they sat at the table eating, the word of the Lord came to the same old prophet. Now, genuine word from God. This was a God. How will you use a man that was a liar a few minutes ago? And now, a genuine word from, word from God is coming through the same old prophet. The same man who deceived the younger prophet said, This is what the Lord says. Because you did not obey what the Lord asked you to do, you will not be buried with your ancestors. You will die on your way. And I said to myself, if I was this young prophet, I would have dealt with that old prophet before I died. <laughs> you deceive me to come back, and with the same mouth you're telling me I'm going to die. Before I die, let me finish some business. I would have removed your two front teeth. <laughs> you, you deceive me to come back, and with the same mouth you're telling me that I will not be buried with my ancestors. The Bible says, as he went, a lion met him on the way and devoured him. And it's interesting because the lion killed the man of God and did not touch the donkey. And the lion stood by the body as a witness to all what the Lord has said was going to happen. How many of us have lost our ministries, lost our visions, because we were not mission-minded? This is a man that God sent out with a specific mission. But because he was not mission-minded, he was not conscious of the things that the Lord instructed him not to do, he lost his mission. He was killed prematurely. How many of us have ended up in places where we regret because we were not mission-minded? I pray this morning as you listen to this word of God. May God open your eyes. 
May God open your ears in the name of Jesus. Some of us have lost ministries, lost businesses because we got distracted. Let me tell you something. Not everybody who comes into your life is sent by God. That is why every decision you make, you must ask yourself, how is this decision going to impact my mission as a Christian? For example, you are in a church serving. You are so involved in ministry. And a man comes to marry you who doesn't go to church. And you accept to marry that man and step away from church and abandon everything that the Lord had assigned you to do. And say, now I used to serve. Let me waste my time to marry. What you did, you just abandoned your mission for marriage. Or you used to be so involved in the things of God. But now, an opportunity for a job came that will quench your prayer life, take you away from church and everything. You say, no, it's my job first. You put the, the, what you used to do for God on the side. Many of us are buried our ministries, our visions, our dreams, because we are distracted by the things of this life. May you become a mission-minded Christian. Amen. 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 There are three things I want to share with you briefly before we pray this morning. If you are going to be a mission-minded Christian, number one, avoid distractions. Amen. Amen. Tell somebody, avoid distractions. distractions. Now, the young prophet was killed prematurely because he was distracted by the older prophet. God gave him an instruction to follow. But he was distracted by the lie. He was distracted by the deception and followed the prophet back. In Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus replied, No one who put his hands to the plow and looked back is fit for the service or the kingdom of God. In other words, when God has instructed you to do something, he wants you to keep going and never looking back. Hallelujah. Amen. Never looking back. Many of us have been distracted. Maybe your marriage is a distraction. Like a girl who used to be in the choir, used to be a choir leader before. After you got married, choir ministry disappeared. You were a children's leader before. After you got married, that ministry disappeared. Your marriage can be a distraction. Your job can be a distraction. Now you don't have time to pray because you walk 6 to 11, 30 in the night. When you come back, you're so tired, you fall asleep. You don't have time for your Bible studies. You don't have time for God. Your mission on earth has been completely abandoned because you are looking for dollar. Distractions. Some of us have more time to follow all the reality shows and catch up with all things on TV, but no time for God. Distractions. Your marriage can be a distraction. Or your kids. They are those who were so involved in church. But now all my children. I can't be in church on time because of my children. I can't serve in church because of my children. I can't evangelize because of my children. The same children that God gave to you as a blessing has become an obstacle to your relationship with him. Your kids can become a distraction. Your ambitions can become a distraction. There are some people who are so ambitious about their dreams that God has no place in the agenda. God comes last. For some of us, we go from Monday to Friday, we go about our businesses. Then Saturday, we chill with the family. Then Sunday, we come for fellowship. That is our routine. And we think that we are actually serving God. And then for the few hours that you have with God on Sunday, you barely come on time. So you give God like two hours of your one week. You have to become a mission-minded Christian. Wherever God has sent you, 
Wherever place you are walking, God sends you in that place for his purpose. Amen. Is somebody hearing me? Amen. God has not brought you here just to make money. The Lord, God could have given you money in Africa. Some of the richest people in the world are in Africa. So the reason why God brought you to this country was not for money. Because God can bless you anywhere. The reason why God brought you to this nation is because he had a mission for you. Amen. Don't let anything be a distraction to you. Like a lady who is in church, so zealous for God, she wants to be an usher. She wants to be in the choir. She wants to be in the children's ministry. The moment a brother says, hey, sister, it looks like I like you. Oh, everything disappears. Now, I am a fiancé, I go to Texas. I am a fiancé, I go to Delaware. It becomes, I am a fiancé, I am a... Everything the Lord used, has asked you to do, gone. Distraction. Sometimes you can also be a distraction to yourself. I know people that, who came to church and said, Pastor, the Lord spoke to me to come to this church. And once they get into that church, somebody offended them. Guess what they do? They went away. Because your ambitions and feelings have become what? Your distraction. The Lord asked you to come. Did the Lord ask you to go? You are distracted by yourself. Number two, if you are going to be a mission-minded Christian, be strong in your convictions. What is your conviction? What you believe. You are willing to stand on that thing even unto death. If this young prophet would have said to the man of God, hey, I don't care your title. I don't care what you're saying. God spoke to me this morning not to eat or drink. He would have gone back home safely. But because his convictions were not strong, he changed and then he died. I've seen people that will start to justify why they are doing something wrong. Like somebody came to the pastor and said, Pastor, I want to get married. And the pastor said, who is your husband? He said, well, the guy is a Muslim, but he also believes in Jesus. And a pastor, how can you marry a man that is a Muslim? The sister said, no, don't worry, pastor. God works in mysterious ways. God will send this man to me. He can change him. And after all the pastor did, the sister went ahead to marry the Muslim guy. After like five months of the man allowing the sister to go to church, the man got on one morning and said, look, we are not going to be going to two different churches in the houses. You have, you have to follow me to the mosque. Before you know it, the sister has wrapped her hair, wrapped her face, and only her eyes are seen. And they are calling her Naaja. Instead of sister, Naaja, this was a sister who used to be on fire for God. But without no conviction, she sold everything off and followed a man to the mosque. There's some people who come into your life to kill your fire. Some of you used to be on fire, prayerful for God. After you got married, everything died. I want you to ask a man beside are you, are you killing my fire? Ask if maybe your husband is here or your wife. Ask, are you killing my fire? <laughs> so are you killing my fire? I said, if you have your husband or your wife, you look at them and say, are you killing my fire? Or you're helping to burn my fire? <laughs> I have seen a man who complains to the wife, prayer, 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 prayer. What kind of prayer? Are you not happy that your wife is prayerful? They are fire extinguishers in the name of wives or husbands. Or sometimes friends who are sent by the devil to kill your fire. If you are going to be a man or a woman that will be used by God, you must have strong convictions. What you believe now 
I believe that thing tomorrow. Hallelujah. I believe that thing tomorrow. I was talking with my wife about a lady who was engaged to a man. And this lady believes that there's nothing like divorce. It's for better or for worse. That's what she believes. The man that she was engaged to when I got married. And then this same lady who believed that it's for better or for worse, started saying that that man would divorce that woman and come back to her. You are the same person who believed that it's for better or for worse. But when it came to your condition now, you changed what you believe. Because you are believing that even though the man left you, he would divorce the other woman and come back to you. So you believe that divorce is possible in the lives of other people, but not in your own life. When you don't have convictions, you will switch. Once you are faced with a little temptation, they say, just sign here. Just change this number. Everything you believe about God goes away. At that moment, you want to make it work. Convictions. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, oh king, let it be known unto you. Even if our God will not deliver us, we will not bow. Even when they were thrown into the fire, they refused to change their minds. Men of conviction. Hallelujah. Like I said, many of you have changed your mind now. There are things you used to believe before, you don't believe anymore. There are things you used to do before, you don't do them anymore. Your convictions have to be strong. What does it mean to have strong convictions? Obeying God regardless of the circumstances. I am going to obey you even when it's painful. I'm going to obey you even when it doesn't favor me. I'm going to obey you even when I don't like it. I'm going to obey you. Strong convictions. When the Bible says be strong in the law, it's not saying go to the gym and work, work out some muscles. It is being strong in your convictions, in what you believe. Hallelujah. Amen. In what you believe. Being strong in the Lord. And number three, if you are going to be a mission-minded Christian. By the way, I'm not saying that going to the gym is wrong. Every man should try to go to the gym. A big stomach is not a sign that you have money. It's a sign that you're not eating well. Is anybody hearing me? <laughs> Don't sit there and say, well, pastor said. <laughs> a big stomach is a sign of something's wrong with you. You're eating too much carbs or you're not eating right. So go to the gym. Amen. <laughs> go to the gym. Don't say, pastor said it today. Don't bother me anymore about this gym matter. <laughs> Number three, if you are going to be a mission-minded Christian, you need to walk in discernment. Amen. Amen. The young prophet was deceived by the older prophet because he had no discernment. If he could discern that the man of God was lying, he would not have followed him back. But because he lacked discernment, he followed him back to the house, and everything that was said came to pass. He was killed because he lacked the spirit of discernment. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test every spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have come into the world. I don't believe in that thing that somebody comes to and says, the, the Lord said I'm your husband. If the Lord said to you, the Lord has to say the same thing to me. Exactly. Hallelujah. Don't come and tell me the Lord said, does God always speak to you? <laughs> As most uses the Lord said in order to deceive people. Sister, the Lord said I'm, I'm going to be your husband. Yes, let the Lord speak to me too. Once he speaks to two of us, we'll get married. But there are some people who went and got married because somebody deceived them by saying the Lord said. And it was the spirit of the old prophet that was at work. And after you got married, you discover that this man was not anything close 
to your wife or your husband. And once you're in, you can't get out. Every day your face is twisted. You are so angry. Like one man that was praying in church. He was so frustrated with his wife. And a pastor saw him in church praying. He was like, die, 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 die. And so the pastor stopped and said, brother, what is the problem? He said, pastor, this woman wants to kill me. Let her die. And so the pastor said, so all this prayer is for your wife to die. But guess what? The more he prayed, the more the wife was fresh. <laughs> this is the devil you are going to see all your life. Don't be deceived by anyone that comes into your life in the name of God. Not all friends are sent by God. Not all business partners are sent by God. Not all people that come into your life are sent by God. Not all opportunities are sent by God. Some opportunities actually come to take you away from God. When the devil sees that, the way you are going about this, your Christianity, you are surely going to rise and be a strong man of God. Guess what he does? He gives you a good paying job. That will take your Sundays and everything about God off. Before you know it, you become cold like ice. Even though you have the money, but you have no relationship with God. Because not everything that comes your way that is good is from God. The Bible says all good and perfect gifts come from God. So there are some good gifts that are not from God because they are not perfect. When God gives you a good gift, it is going to be perfect. It is going to work your spiritual life. It is going to work with your family. It is going to work with everything concerning you. If you have anything that is good, but it's not working for your spiritual life, not working for your family, that thing is not from God. So before you get any opportunity, ask yourself, how is this opportunity going to align with my mission as a Christian? But some of us put, church is the last thing in our calendar. After we've done everything we needed to do, then that two hours on Sunday, that is when I go to serve God. You can't be an usher. You can't be security. You can't be anything. You just come and you sit and you go back home. And you think you are serving God. Serving God is not coming to church. It is what you do after church or in church that makes you a servant of God. You could be, you could be watching me on Facebook in the house. What is the difference? It is what you do that makes you a servant of God. When they say you are a servant of God, it's not saying you are a pastor. Every man that is doing something for God is a servant of God. Amen. The one taking care of the children is a servant of God. An usher is a servant of God. A greeter is a servant of God. Whatever you do for God makes you a servant of God. Amen. Now ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you a servant of God? Or you are a watchman for God? You're just watching God. <laughs> watching the things that are happening in church. Watching what is going on. Are you serving God? Hallelujah. We need to walk in discernment. A lot of deception. Do you know that where false prophets are, you have the, they have crowns. I mean a lot of crowns. And I keep asking myself, where do they keep the brains of these people to follow a man like this? Like one I saw on Facebook, he preached in the church and he has a live snake in the church on the platform, a live cobra that he's using to demonstrate that he's doing deliverance. Now, if you read your Bible, what is the symbol of the devil in the Bible? Snake. And a man is using a snake in the church, and people who call themselves Christians cannot discern that this is an agent of darkness called a prophet. And they follow him to his church. And then you discover that in those churches, the man of God is praised more than God. While he's coming to the platform, here's introduction. Let us welcome, for example, if I was a prophet now, 
Let us welcome the prophet, the one and only, the voice from Africa, the one who speaks and it comes to pass. You hear all this what they are using to describe the man of Israel. Are they talking about Jesus Christ or human being? And then he comes to the platform, some people are on their knees, some people are crying, oh, Papa, oh, man of God. Then once he takes the microphone, there's somebody in the back chanting praise. Oh, you are the only one. You are the voice of the people. And then you see him walking on the platform. Is this man a man of God? Then you have crowds. The ones he say, bring an offering. The same people that cannot buy their wife an apple who empty their bank account and throw it on the platform. Deception. In these last days, you need to walk in discernment. Hallelujah. Amen. Know where the Lord has placed you. Know where God is sending you. Know the people that God has called you to be with. And if you know that this is God's will for my life, stick to it. Amen. Some people go to the wrong church because they don't have discernment. I went to a place like that. Let me tell you this and I close. I went to a conference. In this conference, there was a prophet who actually came to the conference. I believe in prophecy. God uses me in prophecy. I believe in word of knowledge. God can tell me things about you that I've never known. But not everything that you hear comes from God. Because everything that is in the kingdom of God, the devil has a counterfeit. And this prophet called a lady and said, one month ago, you received a text message that was a threat and said you would die. The lady came out and said, you know, ladies are so emotional that she was on the floor already crying. Oh, man of God! Oh, she was already crying. <laughs> and the man of God said, I'm going to read the text message to you. And then without taking the phone, he read the text messages with all punctuations respected. I was like, wow, this is a deep level of word of knowledge. Then he said, who, I hear this name. Who is this person? They say it's their husband. The man who came out on the floor. I was rolling the floor. But one thing I, I, I was so shocked is that in all this manifestation, I, I could not feel anything like the Spirit of God. So I was saying to myself, am I the one who is so carnal in this place that I cannot connect with what is going on in this place? I was, my Wi-Fi was not on. No matter how I tried to connect. Then when I went out of the conference like a month later, I met with a friend. And I was talking to him because the pastor came from their denomination. And I said, I met this prophet from your church. He's really powerful. This is what he said. This is what he did. And then the guy also told me the same story that happened in their church in their own town. It was the same text message that he read in that other conference that he read in our own town. So what does he do? When he's invited to preach like a new breed, he'll look for one of your phone numbers in this church and send you that text message like one month ahead. So when he comes to the church now, he's able to read the text message because he sent it to you from a strange number. And they were putting the church oh, Papa, oh. I'm like, oh, what a deception. But I knew something was wrong because my spirit could not connect to what was going on. In these last days, walk in discernment. Hallelujah. I say walk in discernment. There are friends that will come your way that are not from God. There will be a man so well-dressed, looking good, have everything put together. I say, sister, I love you. I want to marry you. You say, oh, this is the will of God. No, it may be a devil sent to kill your fire. Walk in discernment. God has us in this country for a mission, and that mission must be accomplished. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you stand on your feet? Were you blessed this morning? Yes. I said, were you blessed this morning? Yes.
You cannot miss what God has for you. After this season, some of you are coming back to the church to start serving again. Amen. Used to be a choir leader. What happened? Used to pray. What happened? Are you in a spiritual retirement or in spiritual vacation? The Lord is recruiting. Tell them what they are hiring again. They are hiring again. Tell them what God is hiring. Tell them what God is hiring. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, is, God needs 